Hey, awesome nerds, and welcome to another episode of D&D and TV, the weekly podcast where we rewatch and recap television shows we really enjoy and talk about how the themes, concept, and characters could be used in different role-playing games. I am your host, Jeremy, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Elise, who is currently dual-wielding tasers while she tortures a prisoner uh, tied to a chair. <laughs> always, as always, uh, I am pleasantly delighted by your... Um your description of what I'm doing. Um, and I'd happily take this often if I play um, characters in uh, RPGs. Um, I do quite like a dual, a dual wielder. So yeah, Building. lock me in. I've always wanted to play a dual wielder and every time I've tried, it's never really come out the way I wanted. Okay. Okay. Like the, the very first character I played with in our group I wanted to be mm-hmm. a, an orc fighter who had a battle axe in one hand and a long sword in the other. And he was just like this whirling cavalcade and was like slicing with one attack and then swinging around and bringing the other mm. one. And I very quickly got a, a great axe that he wasn't allowed to put down. And <laughs> well, I guess he uses a great well, axe. Now. Shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's where my stories of dual wielding. And, I guess, unless it's dual wielding pistols like John Woo style, I guess I don't do it in any other games. Yeah, yeah. I guess I was referring. I guess like like referring to D anD D. Yeah. You know, currently I'm I'm dual wielding an axe and a hammer, um, but also in a lot of um, computer games. Um, I don't know if you ever played the game Titan Quest. Um, on PC, it's not very new. It's quite kind of old. Um, it's basically like a, I think it's Diablo ripoff. Um, yep. you know, just like a point, is it point and hack or whatever, click and yeah, hack or whatever. Yeah, Diablo esque. Um, yes, yeah, uh, but like it's just beautiful, lush graphics and kind of based around mythology. Um, hence, you know, Titan Quest. Um. And it was just really great and I absolutely loved it and put, sunk so many hours into it, but I would often be a dual wielder. Um, and, yeah, it was really fun. Hmm. There you go. Do you find that there's, a, like, a, a benefit for dual wielding or is it purely cosmetic? Um, no, like, not magic. really cosmetic. I just think I enjoy I enjoy trying, I, I suppose, to do as much damage as possible and not slowly. Uh, so I guess it's not really probably as much damage as possible. I think I just like getting in there and, and being fast. And so I don't want to have a sword and a shield because, like, fuck defense. The best defense is a good offense. And I don't really want to wield something massive that's quite slow. Um, and so I just tended to to like um, dual wielding. And, you know, obviously, you know, you've got different skills and classes that you can sort of open up as you progress through the game. Um, and they had this one cool attack, which I'm sure is in lots of games, lots of computer games out there where you, you know, have two weapons. Um, but it was called, a, I don't know, like a whirl of, of blades or something where you're kind of spinning oh, yeah. like a circle, you know, with the blades. And anyway, that was cool. Yeah. I had, I know Guild Wars had a similar sort of thing. Certainly Guild Wars 2 did as an MMO. And mm-hmm. I... Because you could have two weapons of that if you were a warrior class, and I used to go the two axes and um, just mm, mm-hmm. slaughter things. It was cool. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, speaking of cool things and slaughtering things and Diablo and demons and whatnot, we are talking about uh, Wednesday, 
season one, episode eight, A Murder of Woes, which is the series finale uh, in which Wednesday lands in trouble with Principal Weems, but that's just the oh, start sorry. of the problems. You're a pop- sorry to interrupt. <laughs> no, I just want to interject that it's the season finale, not the series. You're right. Oh, my gosh. I completely misread because there will be a second season. Season. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go again. <laughs> You know what? Let's not go again. I'm going to keep going. Wednesday lands in trouble with Love Principal Weems, which is the start of her problems. To fight an ancient evil, she'll need all her friends' help. And um, I know we talk. This is a synopsis watch. Um, I hate it. I hate that synopsis. It's so bad. That does not, not really sum up the episode at all. Yeah, I feel like often I'm like, wow. Like, that's basically the episode and, like, our job here is done kind of thing. Whereas that one, I'm already, like, wanting to pick it apart and be, like, you know, like, friends, quote, unquote. Um, Yeah. And this is very much the the climax of seven episodes of Mm. mysteries and murders and things. It's like, that's, that's like a monster of the week episode, like, synopsis. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm very, very disappointed. Very disappointed Netflix, you hear me? <laughs> uh, and I was, I love this episode. First time I saw it, I'm not as thrilled by it this time, honestly. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I, I definitely enjoyed it the first time. Yeah. Um, uh, look, I still think I enjoyed it the second time. I feel like it was, it was nice and pacey. Yeah. Like as in it was just kind of like something happens, something happens, something happens. Um you like know, that. everything yeah. that happened, I guess, kind of yeah. Um so yeah, I still I still enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um yeah, quite a few, few scenes it. I enjoyed. I just, so just not as much as I did the first time. And I'm wondering if that's yeah. just because is this the first the episode of the season? Sorry, I was just saying, is this the first episode of the season where you haven't enjoyed it as much as you remember? Uh, I think it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. wow. Okay. But the others I enjoyed just as much or I enjoyed because of those elements that I remember enjoying the first time and I get to see them mm-hmm. again. That's part of what I like about rewatching mm. a show. And this one, mm-hmm. those elements that I really loved were the reveals. Yeah, like the, I was kind of hoping would happen, and then it happened the way I wanted it to, and that didn't have the same impact when I knew it was coming. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, hmm. like there were some parts that I still really liked, like Tyler's reveal. That was fantastic. Yeah, that in, was so um, good. Yeah, when he's when he's in the well, they're in the um the police, police station. station. Yeah, and he's still mm-hmm. doing the whole gaslighting thing and he waits until everyone's away and then he's like, what does it feel like to lose Wednesday? Was oh, like, oh, so – and the way he says it as well and his face just changes when he says – because he says, what does it feel like? And she's like, what does what feel like? And he's like, to lose. And it's like, yeah. oh, shit. You've oh, got that little so smirk and there's a little chuckle. Oh, and, the smirk, oh Yeah. That yeah. was fantastic. And you can see on Wednesday's face that she's like, holy fuck. Like, even though she knew he was the hide, she's still like, I feel like she's almost kind of like, respect. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. damn. 
Yeah, I wonder if it was respect. Um, you know, like o- almost like-, like um almost like you were a really worthy adverse adversary or something. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of that. I think it's also a little bit that she thought that he was being controlled into it. Like he'd only just sort of yeah. gained control over the high nature, but to realize, oh wait, he's always been in control of it. And yeah, always, yeah, 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 like, that's he, true. He's not And like, he's literally been playing me from the start. Implicit. Yeah. 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 That he's um he's he has beaten her. I think that's like yeah. oh no, I've completely misjudged everything. Yeah. And that <laughs> to yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it was really cool. I was wondering, have you ever felt like there's been that reveal for you in a game? Well, I was just trying to think of that. I feel like I'm trying, I I can't actually remember. We had in the first campaign that I played, which was called War of the Ravens, um, Mm -hmm. a a homebrew, I believe, um, by our famous, famous DM, Ben Byrne. Oh, that's Um, Ben Byrne from Bruce. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, the big bad. Oh, actually, we can't spoil it. No, even, no. Yeah, the he, reveal oh, of the big okay. bad. The reveal of the big bad. I can't quite remember. Um, so that's kind of frustrating that, for me, right? Right in this very moment. Um, great story. Well told. So I can't quite. Um, I, yeah, I can't I tell you whether I was shocked or not. I can say I remember there were kind of two reveals for the big bad for that because there was the one where we realized like we knew there was something in the background kind of pulling strings and doing stuff but we didn't know exactly yeah. what it was and when yeah. we found out what it was we we're like oh my gosh this thing it's so evil and then we found out who it was and those mm-hmm. two were separate and I I feel like the second one, when we discovered who was pulling the strings, that was a little bit of um, our, our game master wasn't expecting it at that point, so didn't have the opportunity to have that villain monologue. Oh, but okay. Finding out what was going on and like what this creature was, like why this is so bad for us, that was like an entire dungeon of us going through and like picking apart the clues and like finding different scraps of evidence and then finding the book and like talking to someone whose memory was all shoddy and just like slowly figuring mm. it out and then do the reveal of and this is what you're facing and we're like oh no that's really bad for us <laughs> like yeah it I thought have it was to just be, this please. thing but this is actually world ending evil oh no yeah yeah and that, that I did like have a, a yeah. I did have a similar shock. It was a different campaign, actually, that Stephen was running. I don't know if you remember it, but basically, we had this NPC that just kind of like was really annoying, right? And it oh, kind yeah. of followed the he kind of followed the party around, but then he'd kind of disappear or just like cower basically during battles. And we were like, "Why are you still hanging around when you're literally not helping us at all?" And it was really annoying. Yeah. And anyway, in the end, it was revealed that that he was that the NPC was basically the person I'd been searching for to, to kind of kill, um, mm-hmm. as as yeah, sort of like a, a bad guy that wanted to wreak wreak havoc um, on Earth. And that I do remember being being very shocked at that um, and being like, "Oh, that's so cool." Um, 
so yeah, so that I that for me was a similar shock. And um, yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun to have those moments in games. Would you rather that reveal comes when you work it out, or would you rather just be completely blind to it until that that turn, that that twist of the knife as they suddenly reveal themselves as a villain? I I think I'm happy with either. Um, like it is fun, obviously, to tr- to try and figure it out and then realize that yes, you're on the right track and you're you know whatever. But to be honest, I'm generally not one of those people that are putting things together. <laughs> um, I always seem to be just just a step or two behind everyone else, and you know, as they're like, oh, but what about this? I'm like, oh yeah, and then they'll be, they might be like, oh, but also, oh, then that may, means that you know that this makes sense because of this, and I'll be like oh yeah and so I just feel a bit like a dunce um so that being said it is still fun to see that and see them you know and and just you know think of clues yourself and and be like oh but what about this and then it's like oh yeah that would mean this um I do enjoy I do still enjoy the the absolute blind side um I mean I think that works well for you because I'm certain there's been a couple of times where you've come up with a theory and told the rest of us and we've all started operating on that that information and then later on when it's proven right you've said oh my god what's going on with that we're like you told us that you that was that was us working off what you you said you realized this already and so you get to do both it seems yeah well that's true Uh, yeah um yeah so i i have the best of of both worlds and if anyone else if you can if you can have this experience i highly recommend it (laughs) I just, I feel like as a game master, I feel it's very hard to have that natural reveal because every time I've tried mm-hmm. it, the players either don't trust the person from the very beginning. Um, just yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the, the trouble. That I have. Yeah. Or yeah. when, when I do reveal, they like, they just say, I knew it. I knew it all along. This is why I didn't trust him. Like, well, you didn't say anything. Like, I'm glad that you. Yeah. 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 It seems like you saw yeah. this coming for a little I while. Fe- I feel like I'm like the I'm the player that DMs want because a I'm really gullible. B mm-hmm. I always, even against my my best intentions and my original intentions, I always, unfortunately, don't suspect anyone. I just tr- I just think people are going to be good. <laughs> so I often, when NPCs do turn out to be baddies. You know, not necessarily the big bad, but just they just have, you know, you know, ulterior motives to what they've been saying. Nine times out of ten, I am thoroughly shocked because I, again, I trusted them and just sort of take them by their word and just assume that they are they are good like me. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I do feel like I'm I'm one of those players that the, the DMs want to have because. You know, I'm not. I'm not one of those people that you know. The minute I meet one of the, you know, an NPC, I'm like, mm, nah, dodgy. I insight. I insight. I insight. Yeah. Um, you know, like they just say they say something. I'm like, oh, okay, great, <laughs> good to know. <laughs> I think it's better. Certainly, something that I've realized from that is I try to make NPCs that just have nothing going on apart from what they're actually presenting to you. That. It's great mm-hmm. for, for players like you where you completely trust them. So, yeah, because they're not doing anything dodgy. And then you have other players who will not trust them at all. And like, okay, you can wander around trying to find out what's going on with them, but you're not going to find anything, but you seem to be having really, a lot of fun with it. So I'm going to keep rolling with that. <laughs> yeah, true. And wonder, there was one reveal I had 
which sort of came out of nowhere. It was one of those situations mm-hmm. where the party, they were up against a, an ancient dragon who was like, you know, ruining the countryside and was gathering magic items and all this stuff. So they had to go to different places and get allies and things like that. And mm-hmm. they went into a library or like this big museum library thing and they're trying to find this information. They see someone just kind of standing there and he turns around to look at them and his eyes like flash the same color as the dragons. And he goes, hey, I know you. And they suddenly realize the dragon can turn into anyone. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's doing the same thing that they are, just going around talking to people, and he could be anyone they're talking to. And that, to me, was like a better reveal than anything I've tried to prepare before. I just wanted to be like, yeah, here's some new information that you did not consider was even around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's cool. Because then it's also like, what if, like, we might have had previous knowledge that we've sourced from somewhere, but what if that person was the dragon giving us false knowledge? Yeah, suddenly you can't um, trust So it's anything. kind of like, yeah. yeah, literally, yeah. I think that's cool. Sorry, I just had to scratch my back. Um, <laughs> how did you feel about Weems's death? In I, to be honest... I kind of kept waiting for her to just kind of get up. Yeah. Um, I was very much like, oh, surely she's not dead. Like, nah, you know, <laughs> she'll be right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I was really surprised that they just kind of stuck to it um, and disappointed because I actually really liked Weems. Um, I like Weems too. So. I just have questions. Okay. Here is where we get into some of my problems with this episode because we see, or Weems dies right after the reveal that Thornhill is Laurel. Uh huh. Yes. And we see her because Wednesday goes to visit Eugene, and Eugene remembers that the person he saw before he was attacked was wearing red boots. And the only person in town mm. who wears red boots is Thornhill. I'm like, okay, that seems like a strong leap, but okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. Wednesday obviously is agreeing with it, but should we have known that? Uh, And she's like drawing this thing from a syringe, and then Wednesday confronts her, Mm. and then when it's revealed, like the whole thing that Weems was like pretending to be Tyler, and that was really cool too. I love that reveal. That was that was really cool. Yeah, because I was uh, again, I was like, oh my god, what? Like, how did she get Tyler to? Yeah. How did she get Tyler to come and play nice? Like, I was so confused. I was like, what the hell? And then when they were. Yeah, and then when they revealed it was Weems just ha- that had shapeshifted into Tyler's form, I was like, damn, you got me. You got me good. I was like, that was awesome. Particularly because that's kind of what we all should have been thinking from the start. Like, Weems is a shapeshifter. If Weems is the villain, anyone can be the villain. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that she's not, mm. it's like, this is what you should be doing when you've got a shapeshifter in, like, in the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. drag your villain out and try and trick them as much as possible. But then mm. when when mm-hmm. Laurel attacks Weems, like she's got nightshade poison that she was just apparently just drawing out of plants. Yeah. What was she planning on doing with that? Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, who was she planning on using it on? But also, I'm also kind of like, literally Weems, you're confronting someone like clearly psychotic that's been Mm -hmm. controlling a monster Mm -hmm. 
And you're literally just going to be like, hey, anyway, we got you. you got to come with us. Like, what did you think was going to happen? You clearly have no bloody defense skills. I don't know. There's just that moment of, of, Laurel, this will look very bad on your performance review in a week. (laughs) Yeah. This is going to be what happens. No, 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 no. we're not going to expel you. We're probably going to, like, dock your pay or something. Mm, mm-hmm. Though, like, the her, yeah, Laurel's but, whole yeah, plan. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Laurel's whole plan that she's, like, got to capture Wednesday and use Wednesday's blood to bring Crackstone back, and she's, like, been using using Tyler to, to grab. Was the Nightshade going to be to kill Tyler? Maybe the Nightshade was to kill Wednesday after she used her to raise Crackstone. I guess. But then she'd already used it, so then she would, it was just like, oh, well, whatever happens is happens, and then Crackstone happened to stab her, which, again, yeah. another thing that really shocked me. It just it felt like there was a lot of coincidences. Mm. Like, I mean, I love the fact that, that Enid finally transforms and saves Wednesday and then saves mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Donovan and, like, saves a whole bunch of people. It's like, yay, Enid. But mm. it also felt like, well, that's fortunate. No, but I mean, like, no, I, I feel like that was, that's, you know, like, A, it's a full moon, which, yes, we've yeah. had full moons before with her, but also she's suddenly under so much stress where mm. she's, you know, she realises that Wednesday's, whatever happened with Wednesday, I can't even remember, to be honest. And I literally watched it tonight. This is, um, this is my know, point, that Wednesday, she discovers that Wednesday has been captured. Mm-hmm. Um, hold on, I'm going to check my notes. Check, check, check. Yeah, check, check. so she's super stressed. She's super, you know, like I feel like all of that combined, you know, hormones going crazy. Yeah, because she's I making out with it's Ajax. Like, oh. I want to talk about the making out with Ajax scene as well because I do not like this. This is not cool. Ugh, I don't want to talk about it, but we can if you want. making out that I've ever seen two teenagers do. Yeah, surely it was on purpose, right? Like, surely it was purposely they were told to kiss, like, idiots. Yeah. Because I feel this is not the first time that Enid or Ajax have kissed someone. But it was well, remarkably maybe it chased. is. I'm maybe Enid, it is the boy first crazy time. Enid. Boy, no, sorry, I'm sorry. Romance crazy Enid hasn't kissed anyone before. Yeah, maybe not. I'd buy it. I'd buy it for Ajax. I wouldn't buy it for Enid. Enid mm. is way too affectionate okay. for that. No, see, I'm, yeah, okay. We'll okay. disagree. Okay, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. But <laughs> there was that moment where they're, they're making out and her claws pop. Mm. And it's a little bit like, okay, well, yeah, you're talking about the hormones and things. But then she starts mm-hmm. to change when she's running to find Wednesday. Yeah. And I would have preferred it if she'd seen that Wednesday was in trouble and started to change then rather than having to... What do you... It felt like it wasn't about her friendship with Wednesday. It was just something that was going to happen to her no matter what on that night. And, hey, it's a good thing that she saved Wednesday. No, see, I disagree. I think that's the point is she was she was suddenly stressed out of her mind and wanting to save Wednesday and hurrying to try and help her. And that combined with, you know, the fact that it was a full moon 
Like, I don't think necessarily. Like, her, I'm pretty sure her claws have popped before when they kissed. So, I have. Yeah. I, I think if when, I think if Wednesday had, if that hadn't have occurred, I'm not, I don't think it was a, and like a foregone conclusion that she was going to wolf out. Hmm. Perhaps not. I, I just wanted the scenes to be together. Like, I wanted Wednesday to see it wolf out. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> I know why. Because they're in <laughs> love. They are in love. <laughs> Wednesday hugs her back at the end. Oh, no, it's such a good hug as well. It is. And the fact that Enid's basically naked is probably nothing to the, re- the reason why Wednesday's hugging her back. <laughs> yeah. I I don't think it, it factors in, unfortunately. It might. You didn't ever know. <laughs> I, I have know, true. another. I have another point about that scene when, like everyone, all the the students are standing outside, um, Nevermore, and like mm. Enid comes through in her coat and Ajax runs out to her, and like then she looks around and she's like, "Where's Wednesday?" I'm like, "Where's Bianca? Where's the person <laughs> that like just told you all to get out of this town?" Te- you don't care about Bianca, do you? No, no one's going back in to check on Bianca. <laughs> Fuck you all. Uh, yeah, no, that was funny. I also thought the same thing where, where I was like, um, and also the fact that they all look at each other like, oh, like she did. Oh, yeah, I'm like, really you have, all have no idea. You literally yeah. have no idea. Like, as if you wouldn't be like, we don't know. We haven't seen her. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It was just stupid. Uh, just stupidly written, I feel. Um, like, but I, I give on everyone the topic else... of Bianca, yes, I was just going to say there's a moment where, and we are definitely jumping all over the place in this episode, but I love yeah. it. Um, there's a moment where Wednesday is fighting uh, Crackstone, right? So she turns up to oh, fight yeah. Crackstone, and um, you know Crackstone's like, oh, "I'm going to kill you," and then fucking loser, whatever his name is, Xavier turns up with a yeah. bow. And he's like, get away from her and shoots an arrow at Crackstone. I'm like, you're an absolute loser. But anyway, whatever. And then Crackstone uses his telekinesis. Crackstone uses his telekinesis to stop the arrow in midair, turn it around and shoot it back towards Xavier. Uh, Mm -hmm. Where Wednesday then dives in front, right? So Wednesday catches the arrow and then she's like, go help the others. I'm fine, you stupid idiot. And he's like, okay, sure. So he disappears, right? Then Wednesday's fighting Crackstone, blah, blah, blah. And then... um, He's about to, Crackstone's about to kill Wednesday, I suppose, um, and suddenly yeah. a, sh- a sword shoots through his chest from behind. Which was awesome. And instantly, it was really cool, right? But instantly I was like, are you fucking kidding me? If this is Xavier, mm-hmm. like saving Wednesday's butt, I'm going to be so annoyed. Like I'm just going to, oh, like I was like both times watching, I was like, I couldn't, I'd forgotten. I'd forgotten who it was that stabbed him. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, please, no, don't let it be him. That's just so, oh. Um, and it was Bianca. It was wonderful Bianca. Um, well, it was the captain Which was of the really cool. Team. I felt like that was, yeah. I just thought that was a really good, you know, I guess not expected. It was, um, it was fantastic. It was that, um, that cavalry moment of, of showing up and just like, yeah, and I get the hit in on him. And then this... That whole Crackstone fight, I wouldn't do talk about as like an RPG element because that mm-hmm. to me, like discounting the fact that where did where did he get these sudden magic powers because boss fight, sure, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. That idea that 
Wednesday has to be the one to deliver the killing blow. No, that's oh. not true. Isn't isn't that what Goody says that she's the, like it has to be someone of her bloodline because she was the one that brought him back? Oh, did she? Oh, I thought she I just said it. he has to be stabbed in the heart, and so oh, and I just thought Bianca said. missed. Yeah, maybe that's true. I kind of that scene was difficult for me to take notes on. I was just like frantically typing and trying to get all the information down and I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. So maybe I missed it. Yeah. But it's still Wednesday would have, has to be the one because it's her show, sort of. Well, I mean, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be, but that's what they decided to go with. But to me, mm-hmm. if I'm running that fight as a, a game master, it's not about who brings him to zero. Like in, in that fight, <laughs> Bianca's the one that's brought him to zero hit points. All the stuff leading up mm-hmm. to it is like knock his hit points down. Bianca's the one that gets to zero, but the heart thing is the thing that actually finishes him off. So it's like, great, now you can stab him in the heart because he's at zero hit points. Mm-hmm. It's not about, you know, whoever actually was London to deal the yeah, finishing. Yeah, right. Block. Yeah, yeah. Like it's almost like you have to get the, I guess, the force field of armor down before you yeah. can then hit him where it hurts kind of thing. Yeah. It's it's tricky to do. Hit points are a thing to begin with. But I, I, I like I that I will idea. admit, during fights, and it, it often comes up in our games, and, it you know, I tend to... Uh, the killing blow to me, yes, the, you know, maybe I've been working to get the... Um, the villain down to, you know, I've gotten them down to one hit point, you know, through fights and, you know, et cetera. And that being said, I know, I understand what you're saying in that I, everyone can see I've done most of the work and so it doesn't really matter who takes <laughs> the killing blow, but it really fucking does matter. And I get so angry. Like it's like a, a thing. I think it, I even called your character out at one point because your character was going to come and possibly take what we all believed would be the killing blow. And, yeah, yeah, and I think I was actually like, don't you fucking dare. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so I do feel like, you know, like rationally we all know that it's been all of us and, you know, we've, you know, the killing blow wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for all the, you know, the previous wounds. But I do feel like it is pretty important. Well, I'm I'm starting to do a thing where, the killing blow is the one that becomes like the best for the story. Um, and I give everyone an opportunity to have their killing blow. Like if they can bring up a moment, like if they've been knocked down or they come back up and it's like their last hit before they're going to get knocked down again, that gets to be mm-hmm. the killing blow because that makes the best story. I was running a game just yesterday and the bad guy was getting away. Like he'd already been hit with acid. He'd been knocked two of the players mm-hmm. or you know, two of the characters down and they were near death. And one of them popped back up and just hit him with a thing or like thrown a firebolt right at his face. And mm-hmm. it had missed. And then everyone else, I'm like, okay, cool. He's going to run. He's not going to try to attack anyone else. He's going to run. Everyone, you've got ranged weapons. You can get a shot on him. And none of them mm-hmm. actually were able to hit. And I'm like, well, it's not a great story if he gets away, but it's a great story if the person that they've been trying to rescue all adventure is the one to deliver the killing blow then. 
because they're Ooh, somewhere else. Oh, I like that. And they come through and the guy turns around to give his monologue and say an arrow pops through his chest and it's the person that he's been trying to kill all game. Mm, and it's like, because I that, like that. That gave everyone a chance to be the one to get the killing blow. But because mm-hmm. the dice were not there, I wasn't going to fudge any of that. Mm. I'm going to make the story yeah. still, still have that catharsis for them. Yeah, and that's really cool. Working, yeah, because they've been working with the NPC, it was like, well, this is a member of the party too. And I particularly yeah. like that I said the arrow pops out and one of the players goes, oh, my God, it's that person. They've shot him. And I, I didn't even have to tell them what had happened because they had already got uh, to that point yeah. and wanted that in that's the story. That's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And I think this is where that would have been really great because you were thinking it was Xavier that stabbed Crackstone. Yeah, yeah. Because that's kind of how it built. There wasn't really enough Wednesday Bianca after the first couple of episodes. There wasn't enough for this to be the payoff. Well, I I think I also was just was just buying into the I guess in the past, in the past stereotypically, I feel Xavier would have been that person. Yes. Um okay. I feel like you know, that's in all shows like, you know, that we grew up with, that would be the standard. So I feel like I just sort of fell into that kind of trap of, you know, just expecting, I guess, just the the usual or the, you know, the the old school sort of way of how shows kind of operated. Yeah. Um so it was very it was refreshing to have Bianca come in. Um yeah. I mean I I agree. I like that it was Bianca. I really appreciate mm-hmm. seeing Bianca. I'm glad that she got to be the one that helped and was still sticking around and helping yeah, everyone because sure. we've seen kind of where she comes from and we know who she is. But the thing is, mm-hmm. the show is called Wednesday. And it kind of does rely on a lot of Wednesday's interactions with the other characters. And Wednesday and Bianca haven't actually had that many interactions. No, no, I suppose. And it just, it didn't feel earned to me. Like, I want more Bianca. I'm hoping she's in the next season. But. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. I didn't feel like it it needed to be earned. I felt like, you know, she was the one rounding up the students. Like, I felt like it all made perfect sense that she was the one to do that. And, like, it, it definitely hammers home you know, the kind of, you know, the message or whatever that, that Wednesday's sort of been learning throughout the season in that she does need people on, on her side. She can't do it all on, on her own and she is stronger with help. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't feel like it needed to be earned at all. Like, you know, not. I think it made sense made sense with the story and it was it was a good, it was a good moment. I just wanted Bianca spinoff, I guess. Yeah, I know, I know. That's the thing is you just, yeah, you're so ready for like, Bianca. She, you're just like, hey, I'll, I'll take it, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, I, let's see the world of this this world without the Adams, who are just kind of weird. Like they're not actually that outcast. <laughs> oh, apart from the visions. I know, I keep forgetting about the visions. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. We, we get to find out what um, Eugene's power is, which is apparently just yes. bees. Hello, bees. Yeah, I know. Which is funny, though. But is it is it just bees, or is it all animals? Um, That's true. That's a good point. Yeah, he obviously can. He obviously can control them, um, which is really cool. Um, yeah, that that was cool. But 
I'm, I really struggle with Eugene. I just, I'm not yeah. really a fan of his acting, um, yeah. unfortunately. So the more sort of screen time he gets and the more, the more lines he gets, the more I'm like, oh, no, please. You just need to, you're just not great. Um, yeah, that, that wasn't great. But uh, interesting uh, point about that scene, though, with him sending the beans, uh, the beans, <laughs> with him sending the bees, with him sitting the bees after Thornhill is that technically we didn't see a body. We don't know what happened. Um, you know, oh. she was, you know, she was stung everywhere by bees. And then Wednesday, what, stomp, boot stomped her in the face? Yeah, she tells Eugene to look away. And then just like we see a boot coming towards the camera. Yeah, I know. But like, what happened then? She curb stomped I her. I just, I, no, but it's like, you know, it's like those, it's like TV shows where it's like, you know, if you don't see the body or, you know, whatever, then it's like, oh, who knows? So I, I don't know. I'm a little bit sus of that scene. You, so you're thinking that Laurel Thornhill Gates is still around? Well, maybe. Like, I feel, see, thinking... I mean, maybe they left it as a possibility because Christina Ricci is so cool. Yeah. I think that's what it was. I'm more of the opinion that. Wednesday fucking killed her. Like, they're like, oh no, Thornhill died in the explosion. It's like, no, Wednesday stomped her to death in her Doc Martin. She went stomp, stomp, mm, yeah. my face. <laughs> and they just don't want to show that. Maybe, part. perhaps. Perhaps. Like, I'm honestly on board with either. Because yeah, they're... yeah. But yeah, it was very open ended of like, well, she could come back or she's just in prison for the rest of time. Uh, as actually speaking of prisons, I want to go back to the very start yeah. of the series, yeah. start of the episode. Mm. Um, yeah. Oh, before my internet connection is unstable, so we'll see how that goes. Um, yeah. Where just after, like, the very first scene is Wednesday confronting Tyler and being like, you're a high, and he's all gaslighty, of course he is, um, until the nightshades show mm-hmm. up as well, and they take him prisoner. Mm-hmm. And taking prisoners is something that RPGs and D&D parties in particular are very, very want to do. And I found it interesting that Wednesday jumps to torture very quickly and no one else does. Like, this is where we got the dual-wielding tasers you, earlier. Do you find it interesting that she jumped to torture straight away or that the others didn't? Um, well, this is where it changes from a, an RPG party that I've always said these characters are, that in my experience, most parties are super into torture. Like, from the get-go, as soon as you've got a prisoner, you start torturing him. Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. And have we have we done that much torture? I can't quite remember. We haven't, but I think we've been taught or told that torture doesn't work because we usually have a session zero and talk about it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. And I did find it interesting. Like, I've had to role play a number of torture sequences um, because of who my players are. And... <laughs> Something like I've always tried to make it more realistic. I don't have a problem with players wanting to torture characters. I know some people do, and a good way of dealing with it, if you anyone's listening and they're they're concerned about it, best way to do it is to say in session zero, "Hey, torture will not work. 
even if you find something out, mm. it will be wrong because someone being tortured will always say whatever they need to to make the pain stop. And that's why people don't torture mm. or shouldn't torture in real life. So just don't do it is the best way in, in an RPG. But I don't do that because obviously some players are like, well, I want to be the the interrogator. I want to be the person who like figures all out. But still trying to keep it realistic. Mm. It's like people don't give stuff up immediately. Like if you pull out pliers and mm. go, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Please don't hurt me for a mm. while before they'll actually start revealing anything. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, but do you really want to play all that out or do you just want to get the info? Because we can do. Yeah. Yeah. How much more. time do you want to devote to this? <laughs> yeah. And I found it interesting that here, as soon as she starts like trying to, to, um, taser tyler and like doing all these threats he's just mm-hmm. like i don't know anything he's like still trying to convince her of that mm-hmm. and it's like yeah he's not he doesn't turn until he feels like he's in control again yeah yeah like, which i also think is something that could be incorporated into games yeah like if you even if you don't have that conversation about torture um you know like it's it's not foolproof. So is there anything else from this episode that you wanted to talk? Yes. Okay. There is. I really enjoyed, it was very brief, but I enjoyed the scene where Thing, we didn't actually really touch on it when we mentioned the scene earlier where Enid is making out with Ajax. Um, I think we Eugene just wanted to calls, forget about as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, true. Eugene calls her and is in the middle of telling her, you know, that Thornhill is involved and you know she yeah. needs to whatever and thing turns up and starts you know uh talking uh for want of a better word um to enid and she's like oh my god you know what is it you know like oh you know and she's sort of translating and she's like slow down things slow down and you know and then she's like oh you know we've got to go we've got to you know save her basically and i just mm-hmm. really enjoyed that I don't know why, but it it was reminiscent of a scene in the 90s movies where Thing goes and he's telling Gomez that Morticia is in danger. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I just enjoyed it that it, Thing is making these seemingly ridiculous gestures that don't seem to mean anything. But when uh, Enid's getting these, like, whole sentences and, like, you know, I just found it, like, amusing, but also I liked that she was the one thing went to and she was able to understand yeah. thing and she was like all right let's rally the troops and go save wednesday i just enjoyed that i think there really should be something about like the fact that enid understands things so easily when no one else does like other people yeah. need to receive notes from thing but mm, enid just mm-hmm. gets him yeah 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 it's interesting yeah i i find it, that's that's the kind of idea of language for an RPG, like you can kind of just understand someone without having to to speak with them. Almost, a t- mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I'm on the weeds on that one. Um, I just like it. I like that too. <laughs> I thought it was really cool. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, and the little fist bump when when Wednesday uh, is leaving the first time when she was going to be expelled. And yeah, that was a nice mm. moment as well because to me, it felt like Enid and Wednesday can't actually say their feelings for each other. So <laughs> Enid's yes. talking to squirrel, and she's yes. like, I'm going to and- miss seeing your cold, dead eyes in the morning. <laughs> I know, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I definitely felt like she was talking about Wednesday. And I feel like Wednesday knew that as well. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a good, that was a cute moment too. Yeah. It, wow. it was all cute with those two in this this episode. Yeah, this was a good episode for for them. Um, and even at the end when Enid's like, um, you know, are you going to forget about me? Mm. Um, and, you know, when I think Wednesday says something like the mark you've had on, you've made on me is um, indelible, um, yeah. which bless, um, be still my heart. Um, <laughs> yeah, every time I hear an annoying pop song and I want to vomit, I'll think of you. i know even enid's like thanks i think (laughs) um yeah but no it's it's cute um enid i remember there being more enid in this episode but um like when she discovers that ajax is a nightshade like this is what Mm. i kind of wanted the whole season where she's like a second there's a secret society here and you're part of it and that guy is a part of it. That Ken <laughs> yeah, guy know, who everyone d- hates dumb guy. is a part of it. I'm yeah. not. Yeah. It's like poor Edith. She should be part of it. Shouldn't. Why isn't I she? I wonder. I wonder why. I was just thinking that. Why hasn't she? Maybe because she's too gossipy. Yeah, I think that's it. She's too gossipy to be a nightshade. She's like the gossip, the gossip queen. So she's not really a legacy um, either. So yeah, I suppose. Like that's um, definitely why Xavier's one. Also, because he's just here, feel like he just fits the part because he's just a moody idiot. Yeah. Um, now, I, I just, also want to bring. I just, yeah. I was going to say, I want to bring up the fact that suddenly Crackstone has magic. Mm-hmm. And see, I I took that as just part of the resurrection process, you know, with the electricity and with the spell i suppose the incantation or whatever that that thornhill is uh, reciting i just took it mm. as as just part of that you know he's he's woken up with magic and so he's like sweet <laughs> let's, well let's i'm wondering speak. about this because i see it going to one of two ways like the crackstone mm-hmm. we saw in the flashback was definitely not a magical being mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yep. it's mentioned that goody like kind of trapped him in his crypt or trapped him in his sarcophagus or something or and like banished his soul to to never know peace and i was wondering then is that actually crackstone come back or is it some sort of demon that's now living in the corpse like is he being corrupted by it and is this mm. just just the undead version of crackstone who's a lot more a lot more, I want to say fascist, that's not right, um, a lot more discriminatory against outcasts <laughs> and quite happy to burn down the world to get it. Or did in his later years he become even more of a hypocrite and actually start to use things that only outcasts use in the what it like trying to destroy them that way? Yeah, great questions. Dunno, couldn't tell you. Um, but I do like the idea of of a demon, I guess, sort of taking over. Um, although he does, like, he retains Crackstone's memories. So I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I prefer the hypocrite angle, to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Like, I like that. I like villains who are so 
so horrible that they are like that. Like they're not, well, Laurel's the same. Like mm. she's this zealot of Crackstone was a genius. He was a visionary and outcasts are horrible. And mm. but she's quite happy to use the same magic to bring him back. Yeah, and she's also technically working with an outcast. Yeah. Like, I'm going to use you for my own means, but you're still a horrible person. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I like villains who, when you then confront them, it's like, yeah, but I've got a reason because it's okay, because that feels more real to me. That feels like an actual human. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, like and, like no one's a no one's a villain in their own story because they you know believe what they're doing is you know is right or whatever. Yeah, it's the it's okay because I'm doing it aspect. Yeah. But it also, I feel that when that villain then gets defeated, it's much more cathartic for the players or for the audience because you mm-hmm. know those kind of people in real life and you never get to see them get their comeuppance. Mm. Mm. So those are the kind of villains I like to to throw in. They don't usually get to have a big monologue like the ones in this one do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we're kind of reaching the end of this episode. I think we've covered most of most of the stuff that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, most of the interesting stuff that happens anyway, uh, <laughs> which means that there's one last thing for us to do, uh, and mm-hmm. that is pick a character from the episode that we've mm-hmm. just watched and talk about how we'd use them as a PC or an NPC in one of our games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been going backwards and forwards on who I'd pick for this one. I'm still not fully decided. So, at least, have you got one ready? Okay. So, this was definitely easy for me. I've been saving Ooh. her all season. Um, mm-hmm. So, I am definitely going with Wednesday um, oh, as wow. um, as my player character. Um, mainly just because, A, I mean, it's the season finale, culmination of everything that sort of happened, and she finally, I guess, um you know, accomplishes what she's needed to and and has some great character growth and makes some great realizations. So, you know, she's like the I feel like she's the, you know, I mean the show's called Wednesdays. She's the episode um MVP, I guess, season show MVP. So I would say Wednesday's a player character. I feel like I've possibly played characters similar to Wednesday in that they are quite emotionless and blunt and um snarky snarky and (laughs) no no that's fine that's I'm more than happy to to take that um but yeah I just feel like I just I find it quite enjoyable I think because I maybe because I'm quite an emotional person um you know with too much empathy sometimes and so it's kind of fun to play someone who's literally like I don't you know I think Eden Eden fuck again Enid even has a line where she talks about oh no was it no was it Eden? Was it Bianca? Eden. About Wednesday not having a fuck or giving a fuck? Yeah. Oh, um, I think Enid says, I always try to look like I don't give an F, but you've got no Fs to give or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah. So I feel like it's it's fun to just to to play that. Um, yeah. You know, because you it kind of makes you feel like a boss bitch because you're just like, whatever, I'm just going to do the whatever the fuck I want. And also, I'm awesome. So you should all be glad that I'm around. <laughs> um, I think that so, really yeah, no, not because... nothing. Yeah. 
I was going to say because um, it seems like Wednesday's arc of this is learning to give a fuck. Like <laughs> learning that emotions yeah. are so powerful, like they're useful, that caring mm-hmm. for people does actually really help. Yeah. I mean, like I feel like I would definitely, because it's me, I feel like my characters, if I was to play this or, you know, my even my other characters that I said are similar or along the same vein, it's more, it's more like it's a facade, you know, they really do feel, you know, similar to Wednesday, they really do feel and they, they really do, you know, have emotions and, you know, have regrets and desires and, you know, they certainly have a lot of fucks to give. Um, but you know, they they don't want to show that. They don't want to show they it's like a, a sign of weakness and vulnerability. So they don't want to show that. So um, you know, it's definitely definitely part of it. Um, you know, not necessarily the same as Wednesday. Wednesday, I would say I mean, maybe had a little bit at the start, um, but I do think she's learned she learns to embrace it as opposed to um, she had a lot of feels from the start, but just hit it better. Um, I yeah. do think she she learns to embrace it throughout the season. Um, uh, but I yeah, I just think you know she's the MVP of the show, and she's my final uh, player character. Your final choice. I yep. um I used Wednesday up on a previous episode. Um, you did. I can't remember which one it was. Possibly right even now. the first one. I don't think it was the first one. I think I used, no? used Wayne from the first one. I think Wednesday was okay. a little bit further down the line. Um, But I have been saving someone all season as well, uh, and it is Enid. Have you not said Enid? I haven't said Enid. Wow. Okay. I I remember when I first saw her, when I first saw the series, and I was just like, oh, my God, Enid finally gets to turn into a werewolf, and it's amazing, and she's so cool. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm just going to keep her in my back pocket for this version this time, and I was going to go through and pick. And then I saw her this time. I'm like, oh, she didn't really earn it in this episode, honestly. Um, But she did. (laughs) She did yeah. because she would be a PC. I love PCs who can transform, and particularly when it's narratively important that they transform. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but her general attitude is someone I'd love to play. Like just yeah, okay. super cheery and sunny and puppy, basically. Yeah, proper, proper like golden retriever. Yeah. And just so enthusiastic about everything, but also loves her friends a great deal. Like we'll do anything for her friends because they're her friends, but mm, also mm-hmm. kind of that those that one episode where it had the family day where she was trying to work out her own identity. Like that kind of suggests to me that there's more to Enid than we get to see, and that feels like something I'd want to delve into. Like when you are part mm-hmm. of a pack, how do you stand out as an individual? When you're an adventuring mm-hmm. party, how do you make sure that you're particularly most often when I've been playing characters generally my class there's a couple of them in the party like right now yeah. i'm playing a rogue and there's been two other rogues in the party so far it's like well yeah how that's do you stand true out when you're kind of like everyone yeah. else yeah yeah so yeah that's that's where i i think the kind of she does with her outfits and her clothing and she's like got the the bleach blonde hair and the pink and mm-hmm. the blue and it's like she's very unique and always not quite looking for a way to make herself unique, but she's finding her own uniqueness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, that to me is a good hero journey to take. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, so that is my pick 
Enid, amazing. It helps that she's a werewolf because, yay, hero werewolves. There should be more of yeah, them. Yeah, we're, werewolves are cool. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. That's it for the season. Um, we will mm. be back next week um, for the wrap-up, which I suspect will be a lot of the stuff that we've already said, but we'll just get to gush about what we suspect seasonal two will come come with uh, and what we'd mm-hmm. like to see. Um, but I would like to thank you, Elise, for coming on again. Um, and talking less about um, terrorism and and um, <laughs> the shenanigans that that Motherland was like, uh, mm. and thank you all for listening. I do really appreciate it if you could get out and leave reviews and whatnot on all the places that podcasts are found. Uh, you can also get on the socials. You can find us on Instagram, which is dndntvpod uh, at sticking at gmail on the end of it, and you can send emails as well. Uh, some some questions and some feedback would be lovely. We really appreciate those. Uh, we are brought to you by Masters of Alchemy, uh, the premier game mastering service in Melbourne. And if you're listening to this the day or the week it comes out, I am going to be on a panel at Supernova in Melbourne on the 22nd, I want to say, of April. Certainly that weekend of Supernova on the Saturday. I'm going to be on a panel um, and I'm going to be talking about how to become Dungeon Master and how to get into the hobby if you haven't played it before. So that's going to be really fun. Uh, so come along and see us there. Uh, there'll be a few other people from Masters of Alchemy as well. Some other people who may have been on this very podcast. Mm. Very exciting. And um, what else do I need to say? I think that's kind of it. I haven't mm-hmm. written them down yet for, <laughs> for those who keep track of whether I actually make notes of what I'm meant to say. So I guess until next time, uh, thank you so much for listening. Stay safe, be kind to yourselves, and we will see you next Wednesday. (laughs) Bye. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. Always was, always will be. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.